Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for a podcast that doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, it's time for a podcaster who uh, may, you know, like talks about a stop. But he says, does, is that place called Stop and Swap? Uh, talks about a used bookshop uh, and tries to make rhymes like putting a cherry on top of a Sunday. Because I'm here to keep you company and take your mind off stuff. It's time for sleep with me. I'm glad you're here. It's a podcast that keeps you company in the deep, dark night while you fall asleep. Kind of puts you to sleep, but kind of doesn't. Just in case you can't sleep, or that way you don't feel any pressure to fall asleep. So I'm glad you're here, whether this is your first time or, you know, people have listened thousands of times. So however many times you've been here, thank you so much. And the way it works is I'm gonna. Um, this is a little intro. Then there'll be some support for the show. That's what enables us to be 100% free twice a week. Uh, then there'll be a long meandering intro where I introduce the podcast to new listeners. But it also helps ease you into bedtime and kind of help you unwind. And then there'll be a story, kind of a story. Tonight we'll be looking through a, a comedy magazine of my youth and talking about comedy parody magazines from the, uh, I don't even know, 80s, but I think the one I looked at was from the 70s. So I'm glad you're here, and uh, yeah, I hope I can help you fall asleep. Uh, Thanks again for coming by, and here's a couple of ways we're able to do this for you for free twice a week. And thanks for making it possible, my patron peeps. Uh, hey, are you up all night, tossing, turning, mind-racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'll do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is to take your mind off whatever's keeping you awake, uh, whether it's thoughts you're thinking about or that are there from the past, the present, the future. I guess all thoughts are in the present, but rarely about the present, uh, right? Uh, I never thought about that. <laughs> well, I probably have. I guess I am thinking. That was funny. That was not even on purpose. I'm the only person that makes unintentional puns. Uh, it's probably... Like an accident, the people say, wow, you're impressive. I say, well, it was an accident once again. But uh, what was I saying? Now I forgot what I was even talking about. Puns. Oh, thoughts. Uh, They're on my mind a lot. Thoughts, feelings, anything coming up for you emotionally, whether related to those thoughts that are are just there. Uh, It could be um, physical sensations. It could be just general interruptions. The last few nights... Last night there was like it was a lot of wind and rain, and it woke me up. Uh, it could be dog, you know, pet movements, uh, or just like a couple times recently, I've fallen into a deep sleep quickly. Then just as qu- quickly, some part of me has extricated myself from that deep sleep, and said, "Let's." We fell asleep too fast there. Let's do a total reset. Uh, I don't know if I talked about that one on the intro before. And I think it's pretty common. I hear it's like, uh, no, we're going to do a total. Let's try that again. That went too well. And I say, okay, we turned out, we, we, we turned things down at 11. Somehow we were sound asleep at like 11.05, I'm guessing. And now at 11.20, you're kind of indicating, yeah, that 15 minutes was good. Or, yeah, let's start over just like we woke up in the morning. And then... um I don't know. You know how it goes from there, if you can relate. If not, uh, it could be, you know, changes in time, temperature, routine. You could be anticipating something or just getting through something or, or whatever it is. There's a lot of different things that impact people that are listening to the show. Some of them are transitory, some are temporary, and some are ongoing. Or, you know, it's like a little bit of a dance we do. But whatever it is, I'm so glad you're here uh, because I want to help. Uh, because, one, you deserve a good night's sleep. That's the main message of this podcast. Uh, if you never hear anything else again, if you never listen again, even if you strongly loathe me, 
you deserve a good night's sleep. Uh, that's a fact. It is important. And the design of this show, and after I started making this show, you know, a lot of other shows like this popped up. And I think they all share that thing of like, uh, if you get the sleep you need, your life is going to be more manageable and your life will improve. Hopefully you could get the sleep you need and you'll be flourishing. And that means the world we're in is a better place. And that's important. But even underlying that and why a lot of other people are listening right now and maybe even starting to nod their heads or pet their pets is because we can relate. That's why I go through what's thoughts, feelings, physical sensations and stuff like that. Because uh, I might not know exactly what you're going through, but I can probably relate to some of the feelings. That's why I call it the deep, dark night. And if I can't, uh, someone else out there listening right now probably can. So as strange as this digital thing is, uh, that you don't need to feel alone in the deep dark. And I don't want to say you're not alone, but uh, you don't need to feel alone because you're not uh, feeling wise, at least. And, and right now, even digitally, somebody else is listening and uh, they can probably relate to how you're feeling. So that's that's the that's the show. That's the uh, important part of the show. The rest of it is a bit of nonsense. So what I do is I send my voice across the deep dark night. Important nonsense. Uh, I use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, which means my voice is not traditionally soothing, but it is here to kind of um, keep you company and take your mind off of stuff. Uh, and uh, um. Like, uh, keep you company or whatever. Uh, take your mind off stuff. Keep you company so that you can drift off. Uh, I don't know. I get mixed up there because uh, I heard a noise. It was my dog. Um, I'll send my voice. Oh, lulling, soothing, creaky tone, dulcet tones mean uh, my voice is not traditionally soothing. And then I use a, uh, what is it called? Pointless meanders and superfluous tangents. So it means I go off topic, I get mixed up, I repeat myself, I get interrupted, I forget what I'm talking about. But all that serves is to, to kind of take your mind off stuff so that you could fall asleep. And um, what else do you need to know? Oh, structure the show. Oh, a couple things. Uh, one, a few other things before we get to the structure of the show. One is like, uh, if you're here... You may be here as out of a place of skepticism. If you're like a lot of listeners, you probably tried a lot of different things, spent a lot of money on ways to help you fall asleep. And uh, like uh, that, uh, like uh, it can be frustrating. And you hear about something else. Uh, you say, well, this other stuff worked for me for like one week. Uh, now I heard about this sleep podcast. I'm checking it out. And the dude's not even getting to the point. He doesn't barely even know what he's talking about. And, uh, you know, all those tries, you know, can be, can, can, the frustration can build up, right? And, uh, and then you hear about something like this, you say, I don't know, like, uh, what is this going on? So if you're here, give it a few tries and just see how it goes. That's what most listeners say because they all came here out of skepticism and they said, what, what is this? Show? I didn't even realize the show. When does he do the countdown? When does the when do the chimes in the bowl start ringing? Does he do any humming or whatever? And I'd say no. The only humming I do is a hamana 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 or whatever to underline some you know or say Ashkash Bagash. That's the closest. That's Ashkash Bagash is like the Tibetan bowl. Holy moly, those are the Tibetan bowls of Sleep with Me podcast. Uh, I think there's probably other ones I say over and over again that I forget. Uh, I mean, uh, it's probably another one. And uh, like, uh, so, oh, if you're skeptical or doubtful, it's totally normal or frustrated. Give it a few tries. If you don't feel like getting given a few tries, don't worry. A whole world of sleep podcasts has sprung up uh, in sleepy audio. And I have some of that listed at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. So check that out there, too. And uh, so that's that. Um, frustrated, skeptical, doubtful. But if you don't like the show, no, sleepinmepodcast.com slash no thank you. This is also a podcast you don't really listen to, which can be hard to adjust. You just kind of barely listen. And all that means is it's like a, a little bit elevated above background noise. It's a friend on the phone 
talking to you about their day or whatever, about reading a mad magazine in this case. Uh, but you, you don't need to listen. They say, don't worry about listening to me. I'm here for you. I'm here to talk. There's no social compact in this podcast. So you're not under no obligation to listen to me. And that does take some getting used to because we're so used to listening or trying to listen or being told to listen, active listening, passive listening, whatever it is. Uh, so you don't got to worry about this here. There's also no pressure to fall asleep. This show actually does not put you to sleep. It's here to keep you company and take your mind off of stuff. So then you just fall asleep at some point. Uh, and that's how we know. That's really how it works. And to be a part of your bedtime routine, if you so choose... But also, if you can't sleep, there's a percentage of people that listen all night or they can't sleep or they listen during the day. And I'm here to the very end because my job is to keep you company, whether you're awake or asleep. And again, to reassure you, you don't need to fall asleep. There's no pressure because the show goes on and on and on. There's I've worked very hard and there's over 500 free shows if you need them. So they're all there for you. So, um, yeah. Um, no pressure to listen, no pressure to fall asleep. Oh, I'm here to be your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar bud, your boar bestie, your boar burr, your neighbor, your boar bra, your boar friend. Keep you company. Structure of the show also throws people off, particularly uh, people have strong opinions about it, but it is like the show is designed in a way to fit a couple of goals, uh, to make you feel welcome and to try to say, oh, I might check that show out. So that's the teaser. Friends Beyond the Binary, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, say something silly. That's the teaser shop. Then there's support, sponsor support and listener support so that the show can come out twice a week for free. And uh, all the work that goes into it, everybody that works on the show. So uh, we can go from there. Uh, um, what what else? Uh so that's the support. Then there's an intro. So the support, sometimes for some reason, when people, I don't know if they, like, uh, when they hear the support and they object to that, then they also object to the intro, which we're in, which is totally separate from the support and not related to it. But then, then they, like, it's not important, but I just want to let you know, just in case you're feeling some objection, but not so strongly you've hit eject, you're still here. The intro's here for you. You don't need to listen to it. But it's really meant to be a friendly voice and to ease you into bedtime. Now, there are percentage of listeners that we're oh so happy for that are sound asleep. Just like maybe you're awake and your partner's asleep, we're slightly less happy for them. I'm just kidding. Oh, we're so happy for them with a slight bit of envy in there. So there are people that are asleep, but for most, and there is like a 2% of people that skip the intro and just listen to the stories. But you could also, like, listen to story-only episodes on Patreon or, uh, by, like, subscribing on Apple Podcasts. If you just like stories, that's an easier way to consume them or just make a playlist. But, like, a lot of people love the intro. And one of the purposes of the intro is to ease you into bedtime, to be a transition from being awake to asleep. Uh, so whether you're listening as you're getting ready for bed or you're doing some sort of other relaxing activity... For me, it's uh, lying on the floor uh, with my head on my dog's bed, petting her head, uh, putting my feet up, or, you know, I foam roll before or after. So whatever it is, like, you don't have to have a bedtime routine. It's just been shown. It's just nice. It gives you one more thing to look forward to at bedtime, or you're in bed getting comfortable falling asleep. Whatever it is, that's what the intro is here for, but also to introduce you to the podcast in an ineffective way. You say, this person's a bit of a bumbler, and I'd say, you're right about that. Then there's support again between the uh, intro and the story, so the show can be free. Then there's uh, the story. Tonight we'll be reading a Mad Magazine and talking about some memories of uh, Mad Magazine and Cracked Magazine. I don't know if this will be an ongoing series or maybe it'll be a Patreon special. I'm not sure. But this will be our first try at it. So, and then there was some thank yous at the end. So it's the structure of the show. It's why I make the show. I'm really glad you're here. Uh, I really work hard at yearning and striving. I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And uh, here's the way we were able to do it for you for free twice a week.
Alright, buddy, this is Scoots here, and this is uh, somewhat exciting uh, if you're a regular listener. And uh, this will be a little bit, this will be, I don't know how this is going to go, be interesting and lulling. And this is technically a style, like a twist on a style of episode we've done before. We've never done this before. And I'm thinking that this probably in the summer of 2023 will be a regular Patreon reward as we do our like kind of summer uh, break. So the patrons, you know, but but I'm not positive about that. But it, just an idea that recently came to me. So we'll see how this goes. And uh, um, but this one will maybe have a combination of three elements of Sleep With Me podcast. A short kind of personal little thing. And then we'll go through something and then maybe we'll be able to learn some facts about it. So um, what we're going to be talking about tonight is Mad Magazine, which is all caps, uh, M-A-D, Mad Magazine. And I believe it's a usage of mad, like mad silly. uh, uh, But again, I don't know that either. And I don't know if it's still printed, to be honest. I think it still comes out online. And what's interesting is that the main Mad competitor... Or there was kind of two competitors. One was aimed a little bit more at adults or uh, young adults. But uh, Mad Magazine was a comedy ma- or humor magazine. What's a ma- this? I mean, I'm not trying to be joking. Like when you go to your doctor, your therapist's office, right? Those things that are sitting there are magazines, which everybody knows. I'm being facetious, but I mean, magazines are still kind of relevant because I actually have like a. I don't know if it's through my phone or something else. Every once in a, once a year, at least, they say, hey, we'll send you a magazine for free for a year. And uh, usually nowadays, magazines only come out like once every two months versus every month or weekly. But in, in, we never got magazines to our house, which is interesting. So I don't know if people were getting mad magazine delivered to their homes. That would be pretty awesome. And the last mad magazine... I remember having the cover of it. It was a uh, like a parody of the portrait of, uh, or not the portrait, but the popular poster of President Obama. And I'm I'm afraid I don't know the artist's name that did that one, but the kind of tricolor um, profile portrait. And I guess it's not a portrait. It was like uh, keep misspeaking. And I just thought it was such a cool cover that I bought it uh, probably at the airport, I'm guessing, um, because that's kind of the number one place we still encounter magazines. Or it could have been at a newsstand when I was buying something else. But it caught my eye and I said, oh, Mad Magazine, I'll buy it. But there were times people uh, had them delivered to their house. But for me, and, uh, you know, this is a generational thing. And what's interesting is that uh, I don't know if this type of store uh, fully exists anymore, Um, but we used to spend a lot of time in um, a used magazine and bookstore, which I think was called, like it had a secondary name, like uh, I I think it might have been called Stop and Swap, but maybe that's something else. But this particular one, my dad liked to go to, and he would take us, my bro- at least my brother and I, maybe my sister, and then a couple times one of our friends or our cousins, uh, which kind of changed things at some point. But the first few times we went, um, my dad would go look for used books uh, to read. So normally it might be coming up on a vacation or the summertime or like a long road trip. And we would look through used, very used, uh, or, or previously owned Mad Magazines and Cracked Magazine, which was the other popular comedy magazine. There's also National Lampoons. But those were a little bit, um, if my dad saw them, we weren't allowed to buy them. If somehow we got one, a lot of times the humor was a little bit beyond us because we were like not even in... Like, I'd say we were somewhere between second and fifth or sixth grade. And these Mad Magazines were, and Cracked Magazines were probably 10 years older, like uh, 
10 years earlier. So most of the stuff they were referring to, because they're kind of like pop culture magazines, as we'll see, it'll be interesting. It kind of like opening a time capsule. That's what I thought it would be cool about it. But even for us, it was like time capsule because it would be movies or TV shows we had never seen before or we were like barely familiar with from reruns or a movie we kind of heard of. And even then, we weren't the main target for Mad or Cracked. Cracked, I don't remember a lot about Cracked other than there was like a, instead of the Mad Magazine has Alfred E. Newman as the main character, or not the main character, but the character on the front. And then Cracked had a, like a paint, like a guy who was a, like who was a painter, like a house painter or something was their main character, which is interesting because then in Cracked became like a kind of comedy meme clearinghouse website uh, for a while. Uh, totally like just through the brand name, not related and maybe some of the, at least from what I remember. And we would kind of buy both. Uh, now, Mad had a couple things going for it, including Spy versus Spy and these kind of comedy fold-together things. But there were probably things about Cracked. I haven't been able to find any Cracks. So what happened was I got my hands on a stack of used Mad magazines, which that's like the forlorn part. Is like, I mean, I guess if you own old magazines now, like uh, maybe the value has changed, but there's not really a place I know of that you can go into and look through old stuff that hasn't been um, kind of picked through and buy stuff for a cheap price. Like even comic books, um, you got to be intentional about it because then if you want to read through a whole series and you want to buy it used at a, um, a lower price, it could be tough to do. And the other thing is there's shipping involved, but I did happen to find these mad magazines and it ended up being a good purchase because I got about, I don't know, 15. Some of them are supersized, but we would go look through them and in, in, while my dad was looking for books, it felt like for hours. And I'm sure the people were like, you're going to buy any of those? And we would have a budget and they're probably pretty cheap because you, like, I'm not even, I'm not sure how much, but. I would bet somewhere between 10 cents and 25 cents an issue. And maybe for the thicker ones, I don't know, a dollar. Now, at some point, it was my cousin or one of my my friends or my brother's friends noticed uh, there was other like things to peruse that were on sale there, used magazines, which kind of ruined the whole experience, to be honest, because it was became such a distraction. Um and then, like, uh, so I guess, but that's just what happens. You know, we, we get older, we grow up, uh, we enter, you know, different stages of life. Uh, but I can remember, like, it, it being exciting. I didn't really get a lot of the jokes. I liked the arts and um, the variety. I think for me it was, like, the variety. Both of them, you know, they had different type. you know, they have a movie parody or a TV parody that have some sort of... Um, uh, comic type strips, like usually like fake ads. So it was just a treasure memory, especially the fact that just like now we're going to do today, I was reading stuff that I had no context for because it was, uh, it was like 10 to 20 years old and uh, I wasn't old enough. Uh, like, so this is, so the ones I've got, like, uh, we'll open, we'll go through, we'll just see how it goes. And then maybe, like, afterwards we can look into, like, who is Alfred E. Newman and some of the history of Mad and Correct. Uh, but, yeah, this one is issue number 182 from April 1976. And uh, its original price was 50 cents cheap, it says. Our price, 50 cents cheap. Uh, and uh, has a picture of Alfred E. Newman in a tuxedo, like a magician, pulling a rabbit out of its hat, his hat. Uh, and then the rabbit is pulling Alfred E. Newman out of the rabbit's hat. Uh, and then Alfred E. Newman is pulling another rabbit. So kind of like one of those endless picture type things. And it looks like it's made by Bob James. And then you open it up and there's a comic on the inside cover. This one is about... Uh, a Castaway, and it's by Paul Corker and Al Jaffe, uh, who did a lot of the art. Uh, and, you know, the movie with Tom Hanks, and this one's kind of a play on a couple different things. With uh, This is interesting, too, because just, I just did an episode about um, 
Letters in a Bottle, and it's about Letters in a Bottle, but it's about a castaway. It actually shows progression of their beard getting hair getting longer. I actually knew there Seymour uh, Griffith, the Griffitha, Griffitha, um, is the name of the. So uh, yeah, so that's uh, it's cool. It's uh, one, two, three, four, f- six panels. Then we have the table of contents, uh, and it's a two pa- It's two. It's uh, two vertical things: one visual and then one specific. Um, and we got uh, a quote from Alfred E. Newman: "Still waters run deep, dot dot dot, but they're usually stagnant." And then the um, people, uh, William Gaines, a publisher, Albert Feldstein, editor, John Putnam, art director, Leonard Brent. So all the people that are involved in making it. Uh, And then the departments. uh, So there's an Alma Alma something department, 50 years of life and college life in America. Well, it's not in order. Oh, it's alphabetical order. That's on page 27, and then Berg's Eye View Department. Oh, I guess that's the jo- another joke to the department. Uh, the lighter side of making extra money. 18, cheap shot, penny pinching hits. Uh, so this is like a money issue. 14, then Don Martin has three different uh, sections. Uh, good time. Oh, so a mad TV satire, dynamite, uh, good times. Uh, that was a TV show again, before my time, that might be the only satire. Oh no. Okay. Then, uh, sh- uh, shoulder patches, 24 spy versus spy, 26 random samplings of reader mail, page two drawn out dramas uh that might be it's star star various places okay it's uh sergio aragonis uh or aragonis i think those are we'll, we'll see uh uh people it's hard to feel sorry for new musicals based on hitmo okay so there's all the stuff coming up and then there's a visual layout of some of it okay and then uh this is published monthly, except February, May, August, and November, and it's ten bucks for a subscription of twenty issues. Uh, what is that? Two years then? No, I don't understand any of that. Uh, twenty issues, twelve fifty. Oh, outside the U.S., ten weeks for change of address to become mad fiction and semi-fiction or fictitious. Uh, the similarity without satiric purpose to people is a coincidence. Okay, and then there's another subscription. Because uh, you would mail in your subscription, and it has some art, some funny art. Uh, and I'm sure you could subscribe and read these online. Um, uh, let's see, we got uh, Madison Avenue. It's on Madison Avenue, 485. Uh, 10 bucks for the next 20 issues of Mad Magazine. And there's a discount offer, uh, full-color portrait of Alfred E. Newman's uh, what me, The What Me Worry Kid, which are suitable for framing or lining bird cages. Uh, 35 cents for one, 75 cents for three, $1.55 for nine. I should mail one of these in and see what happens. Uh what do we got? Uh, um, then we have a letters department uh, talking about different. Uh, uh, we got, uh, I enjoyed your uh, satire on the movie with the big fish. Uh, yeah, another good one. There's like a bunch of letters. Uh, some are positive, some are. It's a projectionist at a local theater. I had the pleasure of twice watching uh, that fish movie for 12 weeks. Uh, There's also another universal movie about a rocking earth, uh, and I appreciated you doing that. Uh, Real projectionist. Mirthquake. uh, We really loved that. uh, 8.0. Mirthquake cracked me up. And then one CIA agent of the year, uh, Matt interviews different families, uh, 
character uh, restaurant supply catalog is one of the many glories of MAD. Uh, I'd like to know, <laughs> see, this one's titled Theater of the Absurd. I'd like to know if before writing a movie satire, do you see the movie? No, we write the satire first and then we see the movie. That was the only one they posted a response to it. Uh, oh, there's another uh, page. You can buy vintage Mad Magazines uh, or Mad Books. Uh, does it say how much they are? Um, please send me the books checked below. Uh, oh, 95 cents for each. Minimum order, six books. Uh, interesting. Good thing I didn't have access. I mean, I wasn't. I didn't have any money. I guess, but the, but uh, okay. ESP, one nineteen seventy two. Talking about Howard Cosell, sixth grade. I was in sixth grade when I signed up for a class called the Annotated Mad Magazine. In my class, I'm reading Mads and learning the history of Mad. Are you working towards a Mad degree? Time, time. Something about time flying. Uh, cost of, high cost of gasoline. Uh, so that's circled back. Uh, let's see. Let's, uh, uh, keyholes. So a bunch of different stuff and how to send stuff. Then another ad for order and stuff from Mad. Oh, interesting. And now we have, uh, 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 Arnaldo Francioni. Some a mad portfolio of some idealist dreams. It looks like it's a three-page spread. So dreams. Uh, we've got uh, the, the getting rid of cars, clogging smokestacks, uh, making everything um, like into um, like stuff to you know used farming. Uh, put planting trees where billboards used to be. Uh, getting rid of, you know, additives that aren't uh, organic, um, getting rid of clocks and using um, something else, uh, vacuuming under the rug. Uh, so some funny stuff. Uh, okay, then we have uh, new musicals based on mo- big movies. And let me see how many pages this is. Okay, so they have different ones. So let's see what they say. Oh, there's some of the um, hidden um, comics, too, like in the margins and stuff. So, so many things. There's so much layer of detail. So this one is, you want to make a musical, uh, take a novel like Don Quixote, turn into Man of La Mancha, or take Pygmalion and make it My Fair Lady. You want something else more successful? Take successful movies. This is so predictive. I mean... So funny, uh, and make them in musicals. How about ju? I mean, this isn't say, but just make it a jukebox musical, which is what this is kind of. Well, it's a parody musical. So the first one's called "Based on the Godfather," and the first song is uh, is sung to the tune of "Matchmaker, Matchmaker," and then they have like a spread of like a bunch of characters from the Godfather. You got Abe Vigoda, James Caan. Chino, um, Don Corleone, Fredo, uh, or, you, you know, <laughs> but so, uh, yeah, and they're all talking about it, uh, and they're singing a song. Basically, the first scene is uh, them singing Matchmaker, Matchmaker, saying Godfather, Godfather, talking about how much we love you, love you, Don Corleone, uh, and talking about other people that, uh, uh, and then the Godfather says, uh, yeah, do it. Make my dreams come true. Then the next page is, uh, I like it here in America. I don't know that song. Um, and, uh, he, he's talking to his sons, uh, Fredo, Michael, the other son, uh, Sonny, right? And, uh, you know, Michael's saying, I just want the good life, Pop. Uh, and uh, this is the good life. Uh, and what is, oh, no, that, so that part is part of, uh, 
So that last scene was more from uh, Matchmaker, Matchmaker. Then this one's I Like It Here in America. Uh, life is a treat. Uh, rackets are sweet. Uh, oh, now I can kind of hear it. In, uh, okay. Big shots you meet uh, and how you'll eat. Uh, but Michael's saying, I don't know. I want to be, I want a regular life. Uh, in, yeah, you have it made. Be highly paid. Learn to persuade. That's a skilled trade. So they're all talking, um, then there's even a, like an octopus, uh, that's surreal. But yeah, they're talking, uh, Michael, Michael's still saying kind of, uh, I think I'm gonna, this isn't my thing, dad. And the dad says, uh, come on, son. Then they had, the last song is my favorite things. Uh, they're all having dinner together. All the dons, uh. Why are we meeting in a restaurant? Uh, well, that's what we do. Uh, we eat together. Uh, and then they sing. Uh, oh, oh, here's the part. Uh, uh, my favorite thing is cold antipasto and hot minestrone. Plates of lasagna and sliced provolone. Cheese ravioli that's smothered with sauce. This is a snack for a mafia boss. So see how good the writing is? And they're still singing in the next scene uh, and uh, paying, paying dinner. Then uh, Get Me to the Church on Time is the next one. This shows Michael running for president. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, we're going to um, make a second movie. I hear he's, Michael's going to retire. Uh, no, no, no. I'm going to run governor, senator, then president. Uh uh, he's going to raise taxes, they said, he says, uh, and, uh, you know, get, oh, use the same family techniques and other, uh, like, uh, uh, like to use them, uh, uh, then the next one is called The Fish and I, uh, the first song is briefly to dream the impossible dream. And uh, it shows someone, uh, they say, hey, like shaking fish food into a fish uh, thing. Uh, then we see uh, uh, that they're closing down the beach. Uh, we even have the, may have the mayor and Brody. And that's it for that one. Uh, then Camelot, which I just saw this play. Uh, not that long ago, or musical. Uh, this one's a little bit confusing. I don't know any of the, um, the just the mayor and Brody. I don't recognize the other characters. Uh, but uh, they're talking about uh, there's a lobster and a whale and a clam and a snail. Then Do Re Mi. You have, uh, who's Richard Dreyfuss' character's name? I don't, can't remember, but, uh, Brody and Richard Dreyfuss, uh, uh, and the, yeah, there's, like, Glub. There's different ones for doe, a deer, you know, a female deer. Then we have the three of them on the boat together, uh, with, uh, Quinn, Quint, uh, Brody and, uh, and they're still, are they singing anymore? Or they're just acting? Thousand and one, we got to deal with this fish. Uh, uh, and then, oh, on the street where you'll live. Uh, and uh, that's uh, um, Brody, Brody uh, dealing with the fish and saying, let's not swim anymore. Then there's a movie about a big tower. Uh, I think, the, I don't know if this was a m movie or a TV movie. That looks like uh, Paul Newman, though. So, I don't know. It's a movie I've never seen before, so I don't really know anything about it. It's called The Tower, All the Lights on the Tower. And the first song is They Call the Wind Mariah. Again, there's a lot of art. I'm sure there's even, like, in-jokes on the details. And uh, They Call the Wind Mariah. I don't even know, like, any of these musicals that these are from. Then Maria. Uh, Maria. 
see the oh something San Francisco. Okay. Blah 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 blah. Crisco. Okay. LA eight to five. So it's a bunch of I think it's a bunch of stars that are in this movie. Um, but it stars from the seventies that I'm not familiar with. It's kind of similar. I mean, like some of the other movies I've seen before. I'm trying to see if there's anybody else I recognize. So one more person I recognize, but I don't. Oh, uh, who's that? Uh, it's a young Ernest Borgnine, I think. Uh, and then Paul Newman, and that's it. But yeah, they're saying, "Hey, let's get these like holiday lights on this tower." That's basically the plot of the movie. All these stars come together, climb every mountain. So those were the things. Uh, then this is a comic, uh, mad penny pinching hints. Uh, let's see. It's three pages. Doesn't say who it's by, but it said it in the thing. But uh, I think it's like it quotes uh, in, in like the comics. The first one is buy your perishables before weekend closing time when you can bargain. And it's showing stuff saying, hmm, not a, if necessary, use alternative means of long distance communication. Cause you used to have to, and they show like a bird, you know, sending a letter. Cause you used to have to pay when you called people in other area codes by the minutes. You believe that? Uh, there's a brief time where I was seeing someone in a different city, uh, and I was like, whatever, and living in my parents' house, and uh, it was expensive. Uh, have your kids make their own Christmas cards, uh, uh, homemade haircuts. There's a lot of, yeah, just a lot of stuff. Uh, spray on socks with washable paint. Uh, grow your own food and they show fish in a fish tank. Uh, build your own, build gifts at home or at school. Uh, find there's like an invention to save, uh, you only use half a tea bag. Uh, try talking to people at parties about stuff. Uh, like, hey, can you look at this rash? Uh, instead of watching TV or movies, they show uh, like a shadow puppet theater. Give kids uh, interest-bearing notes instead of cash. Uh, stop by your relatives at dinner time. Stop by your relatives. Use any, uh, it shows a mom commuting to work on a school bus. That's pretty funny. Uh, what else? Uh, I'm trying to see, but a lot of funny art. Uh, oh, there's, there's always jokes about mad too. And even, so there's like a self-referential one about this thing. Uh, so it's like, uh, in TP. Uh, read read a magazine all at once. Uh, then we have Don Martin Department. Um, and these ones are always like uh, showing someone that can never get anything right. Uh, oh, it's only part one, though. He's trying to get a toaster, an electric blanket, a hairdryer, clock, radio, shaver, and uh, a gentleman's trying to acquire those items in the wrong place. Uh, but then it's like a cliffhanger. Okay, then there's the lighter side of a, ex, making extra money. This is by Dave Berg. So, again, like different artists with different style, too. Let's see. So, different ways. Oh, let's clean out your basement, but we're going to sell everything. But then it wasn't eBay back then. I guess a garage sale or whatever. We're going to throw all this stuff out, huh? Uh, lemonade stand. Uh Talking about, hey, we had to cut back on ingredients or something. I don't know. Um, then carrying stuff to cars. Uh, let's see. Hang around a supermarket and help people carry their bundles. Uh, I guess they didn't have shopping carts back then. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Maybe they didn't. Because everybody's carrying their bags out to their car. Well, I usually give you a dollar. Uh, oh, but it's the mom saying that about the son carrying her bags. Uh, so the mom's kind of like a plant. Uh, uh, let's see what else. Some of the stuff's just not, uh, doesn't age well. Uh, uh, what else we got here? Um, 
Let's see, they show Sun collects old comic books and carefully preserves them in plastic bags. This is what we're talking about. Uh, these books are collector's items. I could get $300 for this one uh, and another 500 for this one. Uh, but okay, well, great. Are you going to sell them, son? Sell them? No. Uh, and they have a professional dog walker. Uh, and uh, gas-powered snowblower. No, oh, when I was a kid, we used to have to... Um, Shovel of snow, but the kid has a gas-powered snowblower. Okay, there's a couple other ones. Uh, okay, then they have Spy versus Spy, which is like two spies. Uh, they're always trying to outdo each other, very like a like a itchy and scratchy style. So this one has uh, the one spy, uh, like has uh, like a like a like what do you call that thing? A uh, um, jet and the other one has an aircraft carrier and the jet is showing that it's like better than the aircraft carrier and then uh like uh the one on the aircraft carrier spy the spies look like birds a little bit it says i surrender but really it, it has like a mouse trap type thing for an aircraft uh so then it ruins the plane and we have a look at 50 years of college life uh the college campus bellwether harbinger of democracy's future and uh, 90% fall asleep during lectures 90% of mad readers fall asleep during articles and they have like a big picture on on it uh, that's got uh, a lot of different satire i don't know what your um what's that college movie called uh, what um with John Belushi, Animal House. Maybe that came out before, after this. Oh, so it goes through the twenties, the thirties, uh, and shows like uh, people dressed in satiric ways, uh, and uh, like somebody sitting uh, e- eating fish, uh, like one of those flagpole sitters or whatever that would climb flagpoles. That's in the thirties. And people in old-fashioned cars. Uh, then in the 40s, uh, it looks like some sock hop type stuff. I thought that, like, a soda fountain. Uh, then in the 50s, uh, Eisenhower. Yeah. And uh, Nixon. And then kind of uh, pompadours. Uh, people piling into a telephone booth. Then in the 60s, uh, kind of uh, protests, uh, Peace Now, the Monroe Doctrine's baloney. Uh, then the 70s, uh, uh, Raccoon Hupmobile. Mo- I don't know what that is. Uh, mm. Oh, in the 20s. So the 70s was like a throwback to the 20s, it's saying. Okay. And uh, Warren G. Harding versus Nixon. And that's it because it was in the 70s. Then you have uh, uh, Mads Traffic Commissioner of the Year. Okay, this is like a satire on New York City. Uh, maybe the mayor. Okay, sorry, it took 40 minutes. Uh, who said anything about driving? I walked. Uh, Traffic's a problem. Uh, okay, what are you going to do with all these cars? Uh, no, we're going to give them tickets. Uh, so that shows them working on traffic lights, uh, computerized traffic control systems, uh, and uh, like uh, talking about that, talking about raising tickets. So this one's pretty dense. It has like a lot of, uh, but a lot of comedy, I'm sure, is in here about traffics in New York City. Okay, then Mad Gallery of People, uh, it's hard to feel sorry for. Uh, some rich people on a Mercedes, uh, uh, some lady on a soap opera, people like going from Paris to London to Rome. 
uh, people that aren't very good drivers, uh, people that don't, you know, that are like ultra rich and don't have to pay taxes. Oh no, they do. They're just like, oh, I pay like, uh, uh, someone that has too many dates. Okay, then you have uh, fake shadows. So you have people acting one way, and then the shadows behind them doing something else. Uh, so you have the UN. Everybody's being friendly, but their shadows are not being friendly. Then you have uh, two people that are in a bar, had too much to drink, but they think they're charming. Uh, uh, then you have uh, two hockey players, uh, and then they kind of look like... Uh, they're glaring at each other. Then you have a person calmly sitting in the subway, but it shows them, I wish I was tagging the subway. Then you have a teacher and students acting all polite, but acting, you know, just on the edge of rebellion. Uh, you have a bunch of people on uh, smoking on an elevator, and someone's shadows like, this is, you know, unacceptable. Uh, another one where it's just like, okay, most of them are chaos. Then someone, uh, a politician, but it shows them with a crown. Then, um, someone mowing the lawn, but they wish they were in a drag racer. Uh, it, it, it looks like hippies playing Frisbee and then a police officer wishing he was playing Frisbee with them. Uh, yeah. Then there's something about the TV show. Good times. Uh, which was a spinoff from All in the Family. Re oh, this is like uh, a new TV tra trend was established after All in the Family. Reality situation comedy. Get a family together and uh, people will laugh. Uh, so this one shows good time, but it says good time slot. Uh, yeah, it goes through the show, but I don't know anything about the show. Uh like, uh, it did not have a chance to watch it on, uh, um, uh, what do you call that? Replays? I mean, I do know, like, uh, Jimmy Walker, like, would be a good guest on talk shows because he would always have a lot of good jokes. It's like, kind of like stand up, though. Let's see. Then they have a doctor's office joke. That's a three panel joke of a doctor checking someone's, um, old like rubber mallet thing i think that was the thing in the 70s where it was like uh doctors were constantly trying to check people's whatever reaction time or i don't know what they call that uh then there's a fold in uh it looks like a it says a super duper bowl and there's a blimp and a bunch of people and uh that's what it looks like um and i don't know if i get the joke uh it shows, like, someone with an empty bowl. So, I don't know. That's a run-through, a brief run-through of a Mad Magazine. So, let's, like, give you some info of, like, what's a Mad Magazine, right? So, let's see. still has a website, uh, but let's look it up on Wikipedia. It's American Humor Magazine. started in 52. Launches a comic book series before it was a magazine. Widely imitated and influential, affecting satirical media, cultural landscape. Uh, its circulation reached 2 million. We're at the peak uh, in 73, 74. So right now, oh, not, no, the last update they had about circulation was uh, 2017. That's paid circulation. It's like around the number of listeners Sleep With Me has, but most Sleep With Me, you know, Sleep With Me is not paid. So, uh, let's see. Yeah, it was the last surviving total from EC Comics, uh, and uh, Alfred E. Newman, the mascot, is on the cover, playing a celebrity or character being lampooned. Uh, 550 regular magazine episodes from 52 to 2018 as well as specials like reprint, reprints, uh, compilations. AT&T required Time Warner in 2018, Mad Ended Newsstand Distribution. So it must have been in 2018. Maybe it was the last Mad magazine I bought. But it continued in, oh no, comic book stores and uh, via subscription. 
It's reduced its content uh, and new content and standard issues with the regular magazine almost utilizing curated reprints with new covers. So it began as a comic book, uh, Lower Manhattan, and then went to Madison Avenue, 485 Madison Avenue. Uh, let's see, 55. Uh, there was a Comics Code Authority uh, removed Mad. Uh, no, Mad Magazine, they said, was not changed to avoid the code, but as a result of this, it did avoid the code when it became a magazine. Um, the circulation peaked at 2.1 million in 1974. Uh, new issues appeared radically four to nine times a year. Then it settled on an eight times a year schedule, lasted almost four decades. Uh, and mag- the issues would come out seven to nine weeks before the month listed on the cover. And they felt like that was the timing they needed to maintain the quality. And beginning in 94, they started producing more issues a year until it reached a monthly schedule. And then by the 500th issue in 2009, they regressed to a quarterly publication before going back to six issues in 2010. And... uh, it's been sold a few times. Uh, at some point, it became part of the DC Comics, the uh, company owned DC Comics, uh, and then uh, National Periodicals, Kinney National, oh yeah, National Periodicals, then Warner Brother. Kinney bought Warner Brothers Seven Arts in 1969, and uh, National Kinney Corporation, never even heard of it, that became Warner Communications. Uh, Time Warner, now Warner Media. Throughout the years, it's a unique mix of adolescent silliness and political humor. Uh, a political satire magazine ended in 2017 with issue 550. Uh, none of the staff made the move uh, when it was relocated. Uh, and, uh, and they moved to California. That was renumbered as number one. Uh, then AT&T acquired Time, Time Warner, and uh, it was restructured, and there's a Burbank edition. So, yeah, yeah a lot of stuff. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Alfred E. Newman is a fiction, fictic, fiction, fictional mascot and cover boy of MAD. Uh, distinct look... Uh, uh, first emerged in U.S. Iconic iconography decades prior to the magazine. Uh, it was originally in uh, 19th century ads for dentistry. The origin of the What Me Wor- Worry, that was the origin, maybe that was it, uh, What Me Worry motto. Uh, then it was in an ad for a play, uh, What's the good of anything? Nothing. And then in the 1930s, on presidential postcard uh, with a caption, sure, I'm for Roosevelt. Uh, and they decided he was Alfred E. Newman in 1954. And it's been since the debut in 56, uh, or since the debut, debut, maybe it was 54, I don't know. It's been on, Alfred E. Newman's been on almost every cover except for a handful Rarely seen in profile, but always been recognizable in front view, silhouette, and from behind. Supreme Court case about the copyright of Newman. A live-action version, an uncredited editor, appeared briefly in an AE film, which was originally uh, a Mad Magazine movie, but then Mad pulled its support of the film and they wanted the mad, mad uh, oh, there was a, I forgot about mad TV too. Uh, Genesis, what is that? Uh, oh, that's just the different advertisements slowly becoming Alfred E. Newman. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, oh, let me look up Cracked Magazine too, just so we have some. 
C-R-A-C-K-E, Cracked uh, Magazine. Okay, Cracked was uh, another humor magazine, started in 58. Uh, it was most durable, launched in the wake of Mad Magazine. It, uh, it kind of copied Mad's loud and style. Simple-minded, wide-cheek mascot, a J- uh, Sylvester P. Smith, a janitor. Uh, in a manner similar to Alfred A. Newman, but Smith uh, sometimes spoke and was inside the magazine, interacting with parody subjects and other characters. Uh, yeah, website adopted Crack's name after the magazine ceased publication, but they did joke that it was, yeah, a knockoff of Mad Magazine. Its publication frequency was reduced in the 90s, erratic in the aughts, uh, 2006, uh, it came out again, but it was more of a lad mag. And usually had, yeah, TV and it's very similar, very similar. Um, they, you know, they would uh, try to d- take uh, people that were successful, would go back and forth, uh, as well as when National Lampoon stopped publishing in the 90s, they got some people from there. At the height of its circulation, it might have been a third of Mads, which is still huge. Uh, but then by the uh, aughts, it was down to twenty-five to 35000 per monthly issue. But that's like about, what, five times larger than Sleep With His Paid Audience. So um, uh, it's pretty good. Uh, it plummeted... Uh, so, yeah, that's a little bit about Cracked, a little bit about Mad. We'll see how this goes uh, if, and I listen to it. Uh, and uh, another meander, meandering through a magazine from the past. Good night, everybody.